welcome to our chat. It's season one, episode five, Doing Life Together. Welcome back to our podcast called Our Chat. Um, my name is Trisha. And my name is Wayne Lucas. And we are pastors at Aurora Cornerstone, a local church in Aurora, Ontario. So, Pastor Wayne, tell us a bit about what led up to you doing this new series called Doing Life Together. Yeah, Doing Life Together is a brand new series for me. And it's more than a series. It really is about a whole shift in in mission, mission here at the church. Uh, and, and it's interesting because not unlike other things that have been pulling on my heartstrings, uh, this actually happened last, it was actually around Christmas time last year. It was right after Christmas. I came across, I've been looking for the last couple of years here at the church. There's a, uh, we have a little um, kind of a boardroom, fireside room, and, and there's a bookshelf in there. And on the bookshelf, there's a number of these Bible studies so back a couple of years ago, I saw them, and I pulled them off the shelf, curious, I'd never seen them before, and there were six to the series, and they were called Doing Life Together. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? I realized they were connected with Rick Warren uh, back here a number of years ago when he put together The Purpose Driven Life. So I, I, I was curious that, um, you know, all these books are just sitting here, and so just after Christmas, probably it was uh, the last few days of December, I decide I'm going to make this my personal daily, part of my personal daily devotions. So I would take one chapter a day, and I would actually, I got the books, I began to write out my answers, because there's like nine or ten questions per little section. I wrote out my answers, because it was asking as if, it, as if you were in a small group, regarding how are you doing, what are your connections, uh, how did you come into the faith, how is it when it comes to sharing one-on-one? -on -one? Do you have a circle of friends that you can share? Do you have an understanding of, of what God's assignment for you in life is? And so I began to do that. And it was a it was right about the time where the pandemic in mid-March were talk of shutting down churches. It was around that time I began to think, you know, this would be a great study for groups, for small groups. So I began to think towards, well, you know, I wonder if it'll be an opportunity maybe this year or next year. Then it came midsummer. You have to back it up. We've, we've been shut down for about three months now. It's midsummer. And I began to notice some things that because it was midsummer and we had been shut down as a church, we were on Zoom, our meetings had been shut down, our social gatherings had been shut down. I noticed an interesting trend, and that was that there were a lot of people in the church context, we did not have rhythms and patterns of physical connection, and that became quite concerning. We didn't have patterns of uh, emotional connection where we could just vent with someone. So that's why the domestic craziness went away up because we were venting with our spouses, we're venting with our children. We we had this that little unit in the home that was meant to be bigger than just the home, but we didn't have a bigger unit. And so our spouses were getting it, our kids were getting it, and and maybe parents. And the other part was spiritually, we just kind of came unhinged. We being that uh, all of a sudden we were grabbing content from every which direction. We began to go onto computer. We were pulling content that we hadn't checked who the sources were, were they reliable? Because there's all kinds of stuff out there. 
and it created this confusion. Uh, some began to recognize, hey, maybe I don't need to go to a building. And so they began to draw from another source. And not that there weren't good sources, but it became confusing. So it was during that time that, um, I mean, what led up to the series was, it was at that time I thought, you know what, when we do get back together, maybe I need to be praying about how I can implement what I've been doing in personal study because it's all about how to, again, do life together. How can we actually connect and do it in a way that maybe we've never done it? So um, anyway, that's uh, it started with the personal study, went to thinking it was going to be a midweek to, no, I think I need to talk about this on Sunday and just make it church-wide because this is way too good. And I really think it was a God moment because it, to me, I stumbled across it. To me, I've been looking at this these books for two years doing nothing. And then all of this came together. I look back now and, you know, 2020, I look back and I go, wow, I wouldn't have come to this conclusion if God just didn't kind of navigate me through all of that. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I think we hear that so often, um, you know, that term doing life together, living in community, like all of those things. But tell us a bit about what that means. What does doing life together mean? Yeah, um, doing life together, it, it's kind of the big three words. And I've really made that uh, kind of the, the focal. Um, it's action. So it's, we often talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. We have great intentions, but life has to be lived out. It can't be talked out. It can't be simply dreamed out. There comes a point where you have to actually do. Um, and I don't know if there's a bigger, more important topic than the, the topic of life. Uh, the origin of life, the meaning of life, and what's at the end of life. And of course, together is about community. Uh, so in this, there's kind of two guiding lampposts that guide me through the series. Number one, and this becomes my, my focus of questions. What in life is giving me joy? Uh, not happiness, but joy. Uh, happiness has to do with circumstances. Joy is deeper. So where do I find my joy from? And the answer to that helps me to answer the second question is then what is my purpose am i just here to you know eat drink and be merry am i here to live and to die and and that's the end of all things or am i here strategically to set a course of action that will live beyond the moment where i die that impacts um, not just with my children but people that i've been associated with and am I intentional on that? Because the tendency is if I'm not intentional, then I may not be, I may not be actually accomplishing something. And so, uh, yeah, to come down to what it means is it comes to the three words, doing, action, life, the meaning of it, and community. And in that, what gives us joy and where is my purpose in all of this? Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the main takeaways? that you've been sharing. Yeah, you know, and that's the cool thing about when I began this study, uh, it went through five major takeaways on this particular study. And uh, the takeaways were, um, begins to talk about our origin. Uh, and the origin is, and it's kind of interesting because it's, this study came on the heels of a series I did called um, um, the Genesis Account, I think I called it. 
And uh, it was a 10-part series from chapter 1 to chapter 11 of Genesis. And that introduces two fundamental things. Number one, creation, but the, the, the nature of sin. And what happened when we sin and how that affects everything, even to this present day. So on the heels of that particular series, the first thing is um, talking about origin. Where did we come from? And it all starts with God. Uh, and then our identity. Um, who am I? Why does that matter? Not to compare myself simply with someone else. And then when I begin to, okay, who am I? Then what's my meaning? What's the purpose? What significance do I play in this, why I'm here on earth for so many years? And then ultimately, what's the destiny after this? And where do I go from here? And what follows? It's kind of the legacy that you leave behind. Uh, so yeah, in kind of putting that together, those were kind of the main themes. Mm -hmm. And those are the themes that I really think are the themes of life and they're the themes that we're trying to uh, trying to bring across these days. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, all of those things are really personal, right? It's like my origin, my identity, meaning, purpose, significance, and destiny. And I guess the thought is, is as you look at that, do you then look outward to see how you can contribute in life to those around you? Like where does the togetherness yeah. come into that? Yeah, you know, the togetherness is, is um, and I really think they're, they have to go hand in hand. And so uh, when Jesus gave that first great commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And, and he said the second, but he said the second is like the first. And be a good neighbor. And so you can't just have an expression of worship and love to God and not be action-oriented at the same time. So it's not just about me grow, then at some point I can impact other people's lives. But people are going to be part of my growth trajectory. So I've got to get involved in people right from day one. And they are going to help me know God. So I need to know God. I need to grow. I need to have that personalness, but I can't do that in isolation. This is together. I've got to pull people in because I need accountability and God is going to, he is going to uh, fashion me and shape me and mold me. Uh, he's going to refine me through people. Uh, people are going to come into my life and they're going to drive me nuts right? All of us, they're going to, they're going to take you to the places you thought you had victory over. And all of a sudden you realize you don't have victory over that anymore. Um, you're a lot weaker than you thought. You had these things in your heart that you didn't know and they brought it out. But that's really good actually, because now we can deal with it because as long as it remains hidden and we think we have a handle on it and we are in control of it, we don't deal with it. And so people have an amazing way of pulling those things out. So community, doing it together with people really seems, so it's it's that relationship with God, but it's also, we've got to do it with people. Or I think we kind of live in this naivety that um, I'm doing okay, thank you. Uh, you know, as long, I've heard people say, you know, life would be great as long as I was the only one on the planet. If there's nobody else, right? People bug me. Uh, but the reality is, is they are there in order to sharpen you in order for you to grow too, so that, it, you know, when we, we look back at our lives at the end of the day, we can realize, wow, this person was presenting this challenge 
and I've got areas to grow here and it really does humble us. Right. So I guess that is probably the main reason that you're not just focusing your teachings on Sunday about this, but you're also making discussion guides and, and different tools that you're giving to us yeah. uh, that we can go out there and then have these conversations with those around us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and again, it's it's following through on those basic themes. The themes are, are fairly simple. Um, when it talks about uh, beginning together, it's really about answering the whys. Uh, we've got tons of whys, and so it's how do I, how do I? Um, it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you are. You know, it's like a GPS, and the first thing it asks you, can we find your? You know, it comes up there, and it asks you permission. Or at least mine does. Ask permission. Can we start from where you are? And they have to, because if you don't know where you are, it's going to give you directions in a crazy way. So it has to start where you are. If we don't know where we are in life, and so that requires an assessment of some type. And then out of that, um, how it's regarding God's family. Right. We often have, a, I've discovered we often, um, if we've come out of a, maybe a religious background, there has been a tendency to look at clergy as those who do the ministry. And that's the work of the enemy because the work of ministry is every single follower of Jesus. And but we don't maybe necessarily get that. We, you know, we pay you to do that. And so therefore our gifts are dwarfed. And others are exercising. Now I've often said on Sunday morning, it's a handful of people exercising a ton of giftings while a majority of people exercising no giftings. That is not normal. So that has to now translate into our lives where we are now exerting and giving of our giftings. And, and so it, it really is being able to connect. Uh, and, and then um, growing to be like Christ is that part of where we, uh, you know, I, a little while ago, I just a couple Sundays ago, I was talking about water baptism and the significance of what it is to be in part of God's family and why that's important. To look like Christ is not a desire. To look like Christ is intentional step-by-steps. And then to be able to uh, flow out of that, develop how we can serve. Serving, um, just like anything, uh, it's called on-the-job training. You go to a job, and and even if you've gone to school, college, university to train for that job, there's still on-the-job training. And... Faith lived out is on-the-job training where we, on the job, need to just try it out. We, you know, we, we so, you know, so we say we're not that good when it comes to talking to people and maybe in a, in a context of a group, but just give opportunity to try, an opportunity maybe to be hospitable, an opportunity to greet or to maybe raise a question or two and, and initiate some discussion. So, uh, it again, it comes back to the place where you just allow God to develop your shape, and then um, and then sharing your life mission, uh, looking every single day. It's kind of that part where you get up and you say, "God, here am I. Send me. Where do you want me to go today?" And you might only be in your home that day, but you might have had a phone conversation, or you might have had a text conversation with someone. Then you've interacted. You might actually be preparing something. Uh, you know, maybe you've got an event that weekend. And so instead of just falling into the weekend unprepared, maybe think about, okay, there's some people 
who's going to be at that event and maybe I can spend a little bit of time just thinking about how I can connect with that person before I just fall into that event. Um, and then, of course, ultimately, uh, I think the greatest expression that we have before God is our worship before him, where we um, worship is not singing songs. Uh, worship is how much of my heart uh, is being consumed in affection and service for my Lord. And so worship is really about him, really about God, and uh, and just getting lost in that. And there's and it just kind of, it gets the bubble back to the middle again. It just grounds us. It helps us to know that we're on track, and it just gives us some purpose to life. Yeah. I like that, you know, even though there might be some um, feeling of, incapability to bring up these conversations with people that because of our climate right now where we have to bubble with certain people that we can do that within our own groups that are already formed right we don't have to necessarily go out there i think going back to the point of your um, loving your neighbor it's like literally the people who you're close to right you don't have to go out there and do it with everybody it's just that even just us now having that bubble makes it as easy in a safe place i would think for some Mm -hmm. to do that um and so what i like about it is that you know the great commission is to go out there and to make disciples and that's what we're doing with this we are going out there starting to have these conversations about god and about life and our purpose that gets people thinking about what their purpose is you know what's really interesting is most of us, especially if you're in the business world, mm-hmm. there are mission statements. It's kind of yeah. the, the statement of your organization. Right. And you keep rotating back to that statement to make sure you're on, on track. So if you are, you know, um, Nike and you're developing shoes, there's a fundamental statement that governs why you make shoes. What's the purpose and who's it for? Mm-hmm. Um, and everything, if you're, if you're making computers, if you're making pens to write with, there's a fundamental reason why you're doing it. If you have, uh, if you're in the food service, if you have a restaurant, one restaurant can't meet everybody's needs. So you kind of figure out why are we, why do people want to come to our restaurant? Is it the coffee? Is it the, is it the steaks? Is it, we have amazing out of the world, world salads. We have a great vegetarian dish. Why do they want to come? And so that is in life, and we, we have that. Here's the interesting most I've discovered, and this was a new thing for me early in my life, was do I have a personal life statement that has to do with, with Wayne? Why does Wayne exist? Having to do with my family, having to do with my work, having to do with my, myself, my, my relationships. And I actually have this, and I, I pulled... I, I'm, I have this right on my um, my wall, and I look to this uh, frequently, and, and here's what it says. It says, Wayne Lucas has been called to give direction, encouragement, admonishments through teaching, preaching, mentoring, training, so that others might rise up to do the work of the ministry. And then I have a mission statement that the mission statement is this, to lead and equip the people of God into a deeper relationship with the Lord and to share with the unsaved how to find real life and true freedom in Christ Jesus. And out of that, my relationships to family, my relationships to neighbors, my relationships to staff, my relationships to the congregation, whoever it might be, flows out of those particular things. And so 
I do think, I don't know if we have to be, like I'm fairly organized, mm -hmm. but even if we have some one or two basic things that we just identify, and don't make it so so vague that there's, you know, it's just out there. I think sometimes it has to be a little attainable so we have some measuring lines to be able to say, am I actually fulfilling that? Yeah. But I think it's a great question. And so I think this is really calling the church because if we don't have some of those things, then we just kind of fall into every day. Right. And then we kind of look back later and kind of go, oh, you know, I just, it seems like I've wasted a lot of time. <laughs> um, and that's going to be probably true no matter what. But maybe if we uh, have a few statements and have a few measuring lines to it, then we can look back and go, hey, you know, wow, this is really cool. Uh, I've actually seen myself grow in this, and I've, I know people have come back to me and commented on these particular things. And it just gives us a boost to keep going. Right. Well, let's talk a bit about, um, we've spoken about those who are unchurched, how we can reach them, you know, being in bubbles. Like, what if there were a group of, I would say, like all of our friends were believers, they were Christ followers. How can this study in your mind help that group? So if they were all yeah, believers? Right. Um, you know, I one of the things that I have found helpful, and I didn't, it didn't originate with me, I heard it, was uh, always picture a spot around your table that's empty. And so in, in a circle of friends or in, maybe in a small group, uh, we have a tendency to like to close things off. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like that too. You know, you, you get comfortable with these people. You really don't want anybody to mess that little comfort circle up. But our life was never meant to be comfortable. Our life was meant to be missional. And so... I envision like an empty chair. I envision who could be with me at the table. And, and it might be my family table. It might be my staff table. It might be the church table. It might be a congregation on Sunday. It might be a small group. It might be my circle of friends, three or four or five friends that I would consider, yeah, these are my closest. But if there was an empty spot, who would benefit from the conversations and relationships that we're having? And then out of that, I... I always like begin to pray. Pray, God, um, I pray that you would bring somebody to that place. I pray that you would broaden my relationship. And it will change the dynamics of those who are here, but probably that's good. Uh, and so kind of create this empty spot so that it annoys you. Because if you don't have that empty spot, if you feel fulfilled and you feel self-contained, then we won't reach out. Yeah. We won't be... We won't be missionally minded. And the mission that we are about to do actually gives us satisfaction, joy, and fulfillment. So the very thing we're seeking, we're actually pushing away from. So by creating that opportunity, an empty chair, somebody, yeah. and then begin to pray for them. You start there because we don't know who that is yet. Begin to pray, begin to pray. And then secondly, ask somebody to join you in prayer. So uh, you say, hey, listen, um, I just really believe God wants me to reach someone else, maybe there's a person in mind, uh, would you just pray for me that God would just prepare me, my heart, for what he what He wants to do? And then look for opportunities with that person. If you have somebody in mind, look for opportunities with that person to listen to them. Oh, this is hard because we want to tell them yeah. things because we're all excited, you know, we got a relationship but look for opportunities to listen. Here's the cool thing. We live in a very interesting time. I think 
these days, right now, people are afraid for their jobs. They're concerned for their family. I mean, we have requests every week. Much higher number who are very concerned for fellow workers, family members, people staying in their household, people that they know. I just got a call on the phone this morning from somebody who has a friend who's, you know, a situation at work and it's very trying. And can we pray for that person? And so this has heightened our awareness that there are problems around, which is now we're starting to bury and carry each other's burdens, which is really good. Uh, And so to be able to uh, listen, start with listening, start with, uh, you know, hi, Bob. Um, Hey, how's your week going? And then whatever he complains about, instead of trying to fix it, well, well, tell me what happened. And then listen, because out of listening, you know, what do they say? The majority of our time should be listening, right? And so out of listening, we get clues about where their fears are, where their concerns are, and where maybe we have found the Lord has been or the body of Christ has been an answer to that. And so really like cue into listening and know that we can make a difference. Because at times like that, we often think, I used to think this, oh, I got to get them in touch with the pastor because he'll help them. <laughs> and now that I'm a pastor, I'm going, shoot, why did I think that? Uh, because you have to believe that you're the one who's yeah. going to help them. And that is huge for so many. You have what it takes to help them. Yeah. It's not the building. It's not the church on Sunday morning. And, can, and maybe we've learned that that I think because we, the churches were shut down, we realized that's not the church. The church is not brick and mortar. The church is not Sunday morning gatherings. The church is you. Yeah. You're it. And if you're all they ever see and know, you are more than enough because Christ lives in you. I mean, that's so amazing. You're more than enough and you can do it. And so be conscious that God can and will flow out of you to touch their life. And really, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, this year, in the next 36 weeks, because that's how long this goes for. So this is going to go right up to like, I don't know, maybe next summer. (laughs) We're rotating around that one theme. Is you have everything in Christ to be the church. There's a scripture that uh, is a powerful one. John 13, 35. Jesus said, people will come to know me if they see how much you love others. And wow. Uh, what a great opportunity we have. People are afraid right now. People are losing their jobs right now. And here's my other discovery. People are talking about things that they wouldn't have talked to you about earlier before pandemic. Because number one, there were too many people talking and now they've got a smaller cluster of people they're talking to. And you might be one of the select few that they're talking to. Take advantage of it. Yeah. That God has you strategically in their life for a reason and, uh, and just start to listen and just look for those moments of opportunity to love on. Yeah. And I like what you said, that you have everything you need yeah. to reach that person, that our God is intentional that way. Well, um, is there anything else you want to no, touch on before? No, no, it's all, all right. good. So I think I loved what you said that, you know, we were made by God and for God and anything outside of that, like, just does not make sense. No. So. Let it be our mission that we go out there and show other people that life can make sense when they come to that realization. True enough. Yeah. Well, thanks, Pastor Wayne, again for another great uh, podcast, and we'll be back next month. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can 
find all of the discussion guides for doing life together right on our website. Just go to the homepage and click the doing life together link.